0: This is season two, episode 28, The New Normal with Tom O'Rourke. Welcome to Let's Talk Parks. This is a collaborative project that gives a voice to emerging leaders in parks and recreation. We believe every professional has the potential to make a difference in their organization and in their communities. These are the stories of the future leaders who are navigating their career and finding their purpose through Parks and Rec. Welcome, everybody, to today's episode of Let's Talk Parks. Today, we are joined by J.J. Lillibridge, a recreation supervisor from Georgetown, Texas, and Tom O'Rourke, a professor of practice at Clemson University. Thank you, Anthony. Yeah, thanks a lot, Anthony. Really appreciate uh, having us back on here and um, looking forward to the um, information that we're going to be talking about with Tom. And we've kind of pared down today's episode um, into some uh, some smaller things that can be uh, taken on by your agency and to help uh, your agency put uh, their best foot forward. So with that, I'm just going to let Tom kind of introduce himself and um, you know, let us know about uh, what was the inspiration behind the article of uh, Nothing Changes If Nothing Changes. The inspiration for this
1: article was how the COVID virus really hit municipalities hard in the effect of how much revenues that they were collecting. And there are some horrible, horrible stories. Um, here in Charleston, South Carolina, I know the city, the city of Charleston will, will have 43 million less dollars than they had last year they will feel that but there is not a city in this country that or
0: all countries that hasn't been affected by this you mentioned uh, business um, significantly uh, um, in the previous conversation that we just had and um, understanding the responsibility of the business aspects of our industry continues to be brought up and understanding cost and recovery and pricing what can you what can you share about maybe a a different way of thinking as it comes to business in parks and recreation because for a long time it seems that those two things never actually coexisted but now it's almost inevitable i go so far back my father was
1: a recreation director so here's here's me 62 years old who um remembers going to the Pennsylvania State uh, recreation conferences as a small child when my father was a recreation director in Pennsylvania. And back then, you, you received an amount of tax appropriations and then you spent it. That was it. And there was no such thing as charging. And then about 50 years ago, they started to talk about fees. And if you remember, a lot of your audience probably um, has gone to the NRPA Revenue School, and the Revenue School was started by North Carolina State University, and um, and it was when the re- when revenue was first being discussed. And oh my goodness, were there arguments and fights about we shouldn't be charging, this is terrible, uh, all of that type of information. But 50 years later, the revenue school is pretty darn um, successful right now. We spend so much time on how do you get money? How do you get money? But if you're not paying attention to the spending, then you're you're not going to move forward in any way at all. So the next phase of this was cost recovery. How much of those costs do you actually recover? What I see right now is as a, As a main problem, a lot of times when I go around and I talk to people is they aren't really sure of their costs. And to me, you can't recover unless you know what the costs are. All costs. All costs. Every single cost. I don't ever want to be an advocate for having park systems for only for people with money. I think we are park systems for every single person out there, whether they have money or whether they do not have money as you recover costs, you have to make sure those that cannot pay have a way to actually pay. So those that to me is the biggest part of the business side of what we do. Know what your costs are and then know how to price to recover the costs that you have to recover.
0: Yeah, I agree 100%. And Kind of just to touch back on the the pricing and, you know, there's so many agencies out there that are struggling and the smaller ones that maybe don't have the resources of the big city departments. And one of the points that you made in your article um, specifically was uh, price services for the 80% of the public that can pay opposed to the 20% that are unable to pay. And that, I thought that kind of went along with um, the opportunity to uh, create foundations and uh, philanthropy um, organizations. Can you speak a little bit more to that and give our listeners an opportunity to maybe come up with a more creative way to find funding to help uh, those underserved populations? I didn't one day wake up and say, um, wow,
1: I think I need to um, learn the business aspects of what we do so that we can do this Where I work, in the Charleston County Parks and Recreation Commission, we receive so little tax money. And our agency is gigantic. But what we knew, we had this little philosophy that was easy to explain to everybody. Whoever uses the service pays for the service. So if you lived in Charleston County and you were a taxpayer, and you didn't like our new skate park that's pretty cool by the way, or you didn't like our gigantic water parks your money really not much of your money goes to those things. The people that use it generate it. But what we didn't want to be, and this is the second time I'm referring to this, we don't want to be an agency that's only for people with money. So we created a park foundation and I don't care where you are. If you're listening to this, there are people in your community that have money and those that have money will donate to a cause that they believe in. They're not gonna give you money, especially if you're a government agency. You know, they're, gonna, they're gonna say, why should I give you money? You're already taxing me, I'm not gonna do that. But if they know your pricing structure is such that the underserved don't have the fees that you require, they'll show up and do that. And there are so many compelling stories that you can tell that's, that will have people donate that um, you can make a park
0: foundation work. Absolutely, and kind of moving on to a touch base is, it appears that uh, either businesses are really thriving right now because of the virus, or they're really maybe falling off the map and contemplating whether they should close their doors. And you talk a lot about uh, partnerships in your, in your article and uh, working with contracted vendors and local businesses and organizations that perhaps maybe provide services that we as Parks and Rec don't provide, but we have the same type of mission and same purpose. Can you speak to the partnerships and where, where our listeners should be looking for partnerships and what are the things that we should be capitalizing on moving forward?
1: One of the greatest things that happened as a result of this coronavirus was the fact that everybody wanted to go to their park or everybody wanted to go out on the trail systems or even walk around their neighborhood. But people were getting out and they were recognizing the need for their parks and the need for their open spaces and their common areas. So I think there is a tremendous opportunity to work with our healthcare systems to create a real program, not just just regular stuff, but a real program that could um, keep track of data To help businesses with health insurance, under the name of a hospital system, and believe me, hospital systems have money. They know what game that they are in. The interesting thing about hospital systems right now is, earlier on, when the coronavirus first hit, everybody stopped all the elective surgeries, the knee replacements, the hip replacements, things that made hospitals money. But now, they're starting to open themselves to those type of things, and the money's starting to come back into hospital systems. And I am quite certain that if, and and you can't just walk in and say, can I, you want to be my partner, give me money. You cannot do that. You have to walk in and start talking about immunization and talk about businesses and employees that have a way to track their health so that they can help with health insurance costs and things like that and put together that program. So I think the number one opportunity out there for everyone is, um, is definitely in, in hospital systems. So that's, that's one type of partnership. The other thing for some of the listeners right now, I've seen a lot of um, people laid off and I've seen furloughs, which scare me to death because I don't know if we're coming back to what we had before. And um, that, that scares me greatly. I think there's an opportunity right now in the departments that you currently work in to create your own partnership. For example, the costs that governments are trying to get away from are personnel costs, benefits, um, post-employment benefits, things that city managers see that, that um, you know, losing losing a couple thousand dollars in a baseball league doesn't drive them crazy. Paying $4 million for post-employment benefits that the government makes you pay is what keeps city managers up at night. But if you were to, if one of you, let's say you are a very young professional and really smart and you know what you're doing, like a whole lot of young professionals that I run into. And you say, you know what? I'm tired of sitting around waiting for some government to tell me whether I have a job or not. And you decide, and let's say your job's special events. And you sit down one night with a business plan. And then you walk into your director and say, look, I got an idea. I will leave my job. You give me a three-year contract to do all of your special events and add new ones. And I'll do that part of your work for you. And you don't have to do any of that. I think here's what's going to happen. We either set that up with our employees or you young people go to your director with that plan or it's going to get forced on you. And what's worse is you may not be the contractor that gets chosen whenever they decide to do something. But it could be anything. It could be adult sports. Adult sports is just a cash machine. And they'll pay. But if you walked in and said, listen, you give me these fields, and I will do all of your adult sports, and it's out of your hair. You don't do anything. And I'll give you 10% of all the money that I collect. So you do no work, you pay no post-employment benefits, you pay no benefits at all, and you don't pay my salary, and I give you 10%, they'll say yes in about one second. So we have to look at the things inside our department that we can do with outside vendors and contractors. Now, having said that, you don't just give away your department. Hopefully, you have a master plan that tells you this is the business that we're in, These are the things that we want our citizens to be able to avail themselves of. And this is is what we wanna offer. Who offers it, at least in my opinion, could be a vendor. As long as you are in control and you do an annual or or biannual contract and make sure if they're not doing what they say they're gonna do, you get rid of them and bring somebody else in. But for those listening that aren't familiar with that or aren't comfortable with that, get ready.
0: Yeah. What a forward thinking thought. Um, I know some departments utilize contractors pretty regularly, but that is definitely a new concept for, for many others. And But here's the most important piece of it. And I want to know what you would tell our listeners when it comes to how do we tell our story and how do we Sell our ideas to our upper management so we can gain that political traction to really make the difference
1: yeah that's a that 's a good one and if you you 'll notice in the article that i that we wrote um, and saved it for last on purpose, but number twenty said we are going to need to be more politically astute and um, I don't think you're always selling to the public. I think you're selling to the people that are funding you. And every single day we're doing things that are changing lives. And we do such a bad job of selling that. But we need to make sure that the elected people, the people that are funding us, know every single good thing that's going on. You have to include them in what goes on. And I know that's sometimes difficult. I get that. But at the end of the day, selling what we do is really, really important. It isn't something that you do when you have time. It isn't something that you do when you have money. A certain percentage of your time and a certain percent of your budget should go for marketing and promotions. And promotions are the things that you do. You've gotta know the person in your community that writes that Sunday editorial at the, end of the, at the uh, in the newspaper. You know you're going to have to make sure that you are in the um, social media game, every single platform, and and um, you just got to push people my age out of the way um, that want to tell you that no, and that want to tell you that Facebook is some important platform because it's not. Um, you know there are there are there has to be a strategic social media input into what you're doing. And um, it's something that we're we're all doing it anyway. You might as well just make it part of the department. One other thing I'd like to mention too is um, don't forget who you work for. And sometimes we think we work for the elected people or the city manager, you don't. You work for the people in your community. And if they're happy, you're gonna be just fine. If they're not happy and you're just doing things and they don't know about it, you're in trouble. So make sure that you have a network there. I mean, a lot of people despise advisory committees. You know what? Suck it up and get them anyway because they're the ones that are going to save you when it's time to mess this up and have the right people on there and rotate them every year so that you can just have, after 10 years, 100 more advocates out there. Include your public. If the public feels like they own this department, it's going to be hard to get rid of it. If they're just sitting out there and they're not affected by it, it's going to be easy to get rid of. So that's one of the other ways I think it's good to sell
0: it. Yeah, that's a good, good way to finish it out too, uh, Tom. We're just uh, about ready to wrap this thing up. Is there any final points that you'd uh, like to drive home to our listeners? I know you touched on a lot of really great things and gave a lot of really good um, strategies for, for our listeners moving forward. But what, what's uh, maybe the final word of uh, advice you'd like to give?
1: This profession in 10 years is going to be so different. And what it can't be is the profession of people my age. It can't, it can't be, let's just do it like we've always done it. <clears throat> I get so inspired by the younger people in the profession. And you can't, you have to have the guts to stand up and do the things that are different and to bring up the ideas that are different. Because eventually you will be the ones to take this profession. And it used to be, like I said, get tax money, spend it, baseball, football, basketball, senior programs and camps. You know what it is now? It's going to be bringing together a country that's as divided as it's ever been, ever. We can do that. Bringing together social issues, equity issues, human issues. That's the job that we're in. And every shooting and every looting that's going on right now, I think we have a hand in fixing it. But I don't think a lot of people my age feel that way. So you're going to have to just kick us out of the way, step on us, and create a new department that's going to be there for us in the future.
0: Well, Tom, thank you so much for, for those inspiring words. And uh, we'll try not to make sure that we hurt anybody in the process of doing that. Uh, but we're looking forward to uh, you know carrying the torch and, and uh, remembering and doing all the things that we've been taught and then also doing the best we possibly can to take the industry in the best direction as, as we possibly can. Thanks Great. a lot. Let's Talk Parks. We'll see you thank again you. real soon.
1: Thank you very much.